Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We get a first look at the new Matrix Resurrections, and Sony had a pretty outstanding show up in their PlayStation Showcase yesterday. I just had some pizza and I'm trying to stay awake, but I'm ready to talk. It's a Talking Talk Pod Showcast coming at you now. What's going on, y'all? It's another week and it's episode three of the Talking Talk Pod Showcast. As always, appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, ready to talk about some big stuff that happened in the last couple of days. Also coming back from a holiday weekend, so hope all of you guys enjoyed your weekends. I had some nice time away visiting some wineries and eating some food, but uh, New York had quite an interesting week. Uh, got hit with huge storm um, because of uh, Hurricane Ida. If any of you are on the East Coast, you know the damage that's been done. Lots of flooding, especially here in Queens. Um, I'm sure by now most of you have seen the video footage of, you know, the floods, apartments flooding up, streets turning into like rivers. I know Jersey got hit a lot. So I hope anyone that may have been affected uh, is now recovering well. Uh, hopefully there wasn't too much damage, but it was pretty nasty out there. I actually got a call from um, the state government today um, asking to see if I'm okay and if I needed to sign up for any emergency assistance, which is nice that, that they're doing that for the residents here in New York who've been affected by the floods and all. But uh, but yeah, tough week, but uh, this week went by pretty well. And like I said, a lot of interesting stuff to talk about, some big things. Um, but before I get into things like that, as always, appreciate all the support you guys have thrown my way. The easiest way to show your support every week is to hit that like button. Subscribe if you haven't done so already. Um, also, for you audio listeners out there, um, I can, you know, the Talking Talk pod showcast can be heard on multitude of platforms where podcasts are heard and downloaded from. So be sure to follow th through your podcast platform of choice. That's actually where um, most of the support will be greatly appreciated because it is on the podcast platforms where... Uh, discoverability is at its best and the more and more downloads and plays that is done on um, the podcast platforms there um, that could potentially lead to collaborations or some sponsorships and all that so uh, show your love and support support your boy and be sure to follow leave a good rating i know itunes asked for that stuff um, and just play it play download and play um and that would be greatly appreciated for sure so um moving into let's just talk about some of the movie related stuff um i know the big talk coming back from the weekend was about shang chi and how it performed in the box office now 
broke all kinds of records out there. I think it ended the four-day weekend at $94 million, um, which is um, tremendous. And it broke an all-time Labor Day weekend box office, I believe. Let me read the stats here real quick. So just some of the records it broke. Uh, it was the biggest Labor Day opening ever. It was the second best opening during the pandemic and third best September weekend ever behind both of the IT films when they came out. Um, right now, the top uh, opening during the pandemic, I believe, goes to uh, Black Widow. So great company there. I've already seen the movie twice. Um, probably going to end up seeing it a third time because that's just how good it is. Um, and stay tuned to the channel because I am working on an in-depth uh, review as to why I think the movie is so great. And maybe you guys will agree or maybe you guys may have other things to add to it. So stay tuned. would love to hear your thoughts and input and feedback and all that. But I think the one important also takeaway from all this is that the day and date release strategies are kind of put to rest because it does appear that people will still go out to a movie if the movie is good and if there is the demand to see it. Uh, Shang-Chi uh, is what I would consider to be the Black Panther for the Asian community. You know, a lot of people, um, you know, the when Black Panther came out, it really, really highlighted the support and inclusion of the black community out there. And it was all about representation on the screen, on the big screen. So huge amounts of families uh, went out to support it. And I saw the same thing basically for Shang-Chi. Um, uh, a lot of support from the Asian community, um, really loving the movie, myself included. I am part Asian and it was really, really great to see. And it was really great to see all the details put into the movie that gels really well with Asian lifestyle and Asian family and all that stuff like that. So again, I'll go more into details about my thoughts on Shang-Chi, but um, people went out to go watch it. And it, I am curious to see how it's going to do this weekend. It's second weekend. Um, I'm pretty sure it's still going to do really well. I don't think we're going to see the high drop-off like we've seen in the past, especially with movies that are available on streaming platforms. Now, Shang-Chi is not available on Disney+. Plus. Uh, they are going through with a 45-day window grace period. Um, because of this... Uh, Disney has decided that Eternals will also follow suit in the same 45-day window uh, release strategy there. And I believe uh, future Disney and Marvel movies will follow suit too. We'll see what happens with um, the pandemic come next year. Um, I know HBO Max and Warner Brothers, they have already decided not to do platform release day and date uh, for their movies in 2022. Uh, so we'll see what happens come next year. But again, it does show that there is support for these movies in the theater. And it helps that the movie is that good. And good word of mouth. I believe the Rotten Tomatoes score is still above 90%, which is tremendous. I don't have the figures in front of me. Um, so it's very well received by uh, movie going audiences and all that and critics alike. So really, really great to see. Um, and it's nice to see that, you know, cinema still matters. 
you know, and that was something that I've always been championing for the longest time. You know, I am a big movie goer. I love movies. I think I love movies more than I love video games and other forms of media. Um, so I support it every way that I can. And it's nice to see that there are people out there willing to support it. The second time I viewed Shang-Chi was on a Tuesday afternoon. It was like 12 noon. It was a 12 o'clock showing. And it was 80% capacity, you know, and it's a mixture of kids and adults and all that. Um, now, granted, it was also a holiday. Uh, it's a Jewish holiday and schools were closed, but still great showing for a Tuesday afternoon. So people are going out to see it, you know, and all that. So we'll see how it affects Eternals. Um, Eternals, I don't know if it will have that same impact because, again, Shang-Chi resonates with a certain community. Eternals is a movie that not a lot of people really know what's going on or know what the plot is about or even know who these characters are. Now, granted, nobody knows really who Shang-Chi is, but, you know, when it comes to support from a certain community, of course, you're going to have that driving and leading the way. Here, it is a good mix uh, of ethnicities and representation on the screen, but overall, no one really knows who the Eternals are. So... I consider this to be like another Guardians of the Galaxy. We'll see what will happen. I'm excited to see it because, of course, I know a little bit of the backstory from the comic books. And I, I just love how the Marvel Universe has been shaping up. So, of course, I'm curious to see it. So, um, we'll see what happens there. Um, but following in the same news about streaming and platform release and all that, it was announced today that Halloween Kills, the latest iteration of... The Halloween franchise with Jamie Lee Curtis reprising her role again. Um, that is coming out in October and it was announced that they are going to be releasing it on Peacock day and date, same day as the theater release. Uh, so very interesting news there. Um, I'm kind of um, mixed about this type of news. It makes me feel like perhaps their confidence in the movie actually being good or actually bringing people to watch it in the cinema is pretty low. So I think they're just trying their best to get more eyes on it, more support, and potentially more people signing up for Peacock. And I think this is a strategy that they're moving forward with. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what will happen there. Um, I didn't watch the last Halloween. Again, I'm not a huge horror guy, um, you know, those of you who uh, are following the channel and are uh, viewers of the channel and the podcast um, know I just watched Candyman recently, and that's probably one of the first horror movies I've seen in quite some time. So um, I, I'm curious to hear what the horror fans out there, fans of the Halloween franchise, will think about this. Will this force like allow them to really want to watch it more so now uh, because now they could just watch it at home and they don't have to find themselves going to a movie theater uh, to watch it so I do feel like it will lend um, more viewings and widen the audience a little bit more to watch this movie um, but we'll see we'll see how what happens I believe this is second the second of the trilogy of what they're working on I think it was already announced that the third part will be releasing next year to close out that arc. So curious to hear thoughts about what you guys think about that. Are you interested in watching Halloween itself? 
Um, I know uh, some of you are horror fans, so really, really curious to hear your thoughts on that stuff. But the big news of the week when it comes to movies is we finally got to see um, some clips and we got a trailer for Matrix Resurrections. Uh, it was dropped on Thursday, but be even before that, the hype train was already well in the works. You know, earlier in the week, they did a campaign blast where they were promoting the website. What is the matrix.com? Um, and I brings back so many memories going back to like 99 um, when the first movie came out because they did pretty much almost the same thing, right? Because nobody knew what the matrix was about or what have you. Um, and they were doing a lot of promotion and campaigns to really uh, push this movie along uh, to get people interested in it. But if you went to the website earlier this week, um, you were presented with a choice. You got the red pill and the blue pill. And depending on which one you chose, you got a different narration. The coolest thing about the website was that depending on what time you went and clicked on either, either of the pills, the narrator told you the exact time it was in real, in real time. Um, so for example, if I went at 3 p.m., the narrator said, it is now 3 p.m., which is so cool. So that leads me to believe, did they pre-record the narrator announcing all the times in a 24-hour period? Probably. Um, but you were treated with clips and snippets um, that all varied. You know, and I believe the count was over a hundred thousand different uh, possibilities of clips, clips and snippets. So very smart. Definitely brought a lot of people to the website and had people geared up, waiting for the trailer to drop Thursday morning, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern, um, when, which was what they scheduled uh, the trailer to go live. And I was one of many who woke up early that morning. I even did the trailer reaction. You can catch it right here on the channel if you're curious. I had a little fun with it. I don't really do trailer reactions, so I just decided to have fun with it. But, you know, it didn't break records like Spider-Man did when that trailer came out. But it definitely brought back the nostalgia people had for this franchise. Um, some of the younger generation are definitely curious and speculating now what the movie is going to be about. So there was definitely a lot of hype um, and it was really, really interesting to see. Uh, Matrix itself is a phenomenon when it comes to uh, the first movie. Uh, I remember, like I said before, the movie came out in 99 and going into 1999, the biggest hype that most people were really you know, excited for and really gearing up for was Star Wars. We were going to finally get a new Star Wars movie. First one since, you know, 84, I believe, 83, 84, when Return of the Jedi hit the theaters. Um, so it was that long of a gap until we got new Star Wars content. Phantom Menace, you know, people were going to watch the trailer in theaters this was before things were really popular on the internet the internet really wasn't like a big thing yet at the time um so people still went to movies 
and enjoyed watching trailers and seeing them for the first time. Me and some of my friends, and I'm sure some of you watching are one of those friends, but we, I remember we got out of work, we called out sick, and we went to the earliest showing of Meet Joe Black in Manhattan. And it was a unique day because it was also the same day that Pokemon, the Pokemon franchise, made its first launch in the United States. So it was a twofer for that day. We went to Meet Joe Black. We went there to catch the trailer. Once the trailer was done, we left. We didn't even watch the movie. We couldn't care less about the movie. There was a reporter for the New York Times out there asking us questions. Even they were laughing that we had no interest in watching Meet Joe Black. To this day, I still haven't watched Meet Joe Black. But we went there to watch the Phantom Menace trailer because that is what we were excited for. You know, I was looking forward so much to watching Star Wars and all that. Uh, and then afterwards, we went to FAO Schwartz, uh, which is unfortunately is no longer there. But that's where they had... That's where Nintendo had their launch of Pokemon, of the Pokemon franchise. They had all the Pikachu uh, VW be uh, Beatles that were lined up, playing the cartoon, playing the, the video game and all that. And this was where you could purchase Pokemon merchandise for the very first time in the United States and all. So it was an interesting day. It was a, uh, a kind of momentous day in pop culture for me um, that day. But... Nobody was talking about The Matrix. Now, 99 ends. What was the most talked about movie? The Matrix. Star Wars was very um, mixed as far as what people felt about it. I think I was in pure denial that the movie was terrible or not that great at the time. Um, I have grown appreciation more for it as the years have gone by. Um, because of multitude of reasons, but more people were talking about the Matrix, and the Matrix kind of led to this new trend. Um, it was kind of trend-setting in a way because more and more people wanted to live their life like what was portrayed in the Matrix, right? And I'm talking more about like fashion styles and all that. You saw more people in trench coats. You saw more people rocking the sunglasses, right? And the Matrix movie itself was the spear, the the leading and and spearheaded the whole visual effects aspect of Bullet Time, the slow motion shots, the you know the panning shots that you saw many other studios and movies try to copy and everything. So it was very revolutionary and very trend setting for the time. Um, you know, Keanu was already pretty popular, but I think it brought him to that next level of being. A real movie superstar you know of course he's done movies like speed and point break uh, bill and ted of course so he's already well known but this took him to this ultimate next level as action superstar and it was the perfect role for him because neil didn't really talk a lot you know neil was just all about his motions and his actions and whoa knowing kung fu and all that stuff like that it was a perfect role for him and then many many years later he fell into another perfect role of john wick right so you know when the sequels came out in 2003 and they again it, it did something that was never done before i mean 
yes, you had uh, movie sequels filmed back to back. Back to the Future is a great example of that. Uh, the Lord of the Rings franchise was a great example of that. But this was the first time where you saw part two in the summer in 2003. At the end of that movie, the post credit scene was a trailer for the next movie, which was coming out in December of that year, if I remember correctly. So it was the first time you had sequels releasing back to back in the same year. And I don't know if that kind of like fatigued the franchise a little bit. The second one, I do feel like, and again, myself included, we left the movie theater very confused. Like, what's happening? You know, you have this crazy rave scene and, you know, all this stuff happening with, you know, the twins and the key master and all this kind of stuff like that. Then the third one comes out and, you know, people are dying left and right. And, you know, things are coming to a head and this big battle of Zion and, you know, all the machines and what have you. Um, So it was a lot to take in in one year um one of the shining moments of the franchise was the animatrix the animatrix was this great uh series of uh, animated shorts that filled in a lot of the gaps in between one and two you know um which you know things happened in part two and we were like what is this about you know who's this kid that's following neo all the time if you watch the Animatrix, then you finally understood more and all that. So I do feel like those sequels led to a lot of disappointment. Obviously, like I said, a lot of confusion. So it was kind of interesting to see how a new Matrix movie will be um, received, right? Um, and I, I think that's also one of the greatest reasons why I think Resurrections is a brilliant title because... Um, not only does it sound like the Matrix is getting resurrected or people or uh, motions are getting resurrected, but is this going to be a good way to resurrect a franchise, right? Um, so, you, you know, we saw the trailer. Uh, a lot of same beats from the original Matrix movie appeared to be there. Keanu, and I've said this in, in my other video, he, he has one look. And he just goes with that look everywhere he goes and anything he does. Ever since he had this look in John Wick, in everything that he's done after that, he's had the same look. So it's like, you know, I, I wish it any all of us could have that type of freedom, right? But um, it looks really interesting. I am very intrigued. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens. It comes out in December, so in several months. And we're not that far off from from its release. Um, that's why it, it's kind of interesting to see that they've released a trailer now. Um, we waited so long for it, but uh, it's also good because they were able to keep a lot of things secret, a lot of things quiet. Um, you know, it's we still don't know is this a different version of Morpheus? You know, yeah, yeah, Matu. Uh, sorry, I always mispronounce his name, but um, is he the new Morpheus? Is he a different iteration of Morpheus? Is this the Neo that we knew from the last trilogy? You know, is did he somehow find a way to download himself 
into another individual and you know because there's this one moment where he's passing through the mirror and his face changes is that an older version of himself or is that just a totally different guy um now with the neo memories and everything downloaded into him i don't know the carrie ann moss i mean apparently you know we all know spoiler she died in the last movie you know is this her all over again or is this another version of her is this another alternate timeline is this another reality um you know it's it plays with your head a little bit funny enough it being the matrix because it it looks like it could have been a prequel or a different alteration but at the end of the trailer the guy's mentioning to uh to keanu there it's like it's it's interesting that you decide to go back to where it all started you know back to the matrix so things have already been in motion obviously and if this is neo or is this someone who's realizing he has neo in him um he's realizing it really fast you know it, it looks like he he un, he understands a lot quicker and faster and and is trinity like you know is this another version that's trying to lead him the way or maybe lead him astray i don't know um there's enough in there that is intriguing to me um i don't know if i'm like super pumped about it but i am super intrigued um that is my level there um i am curious to hear what you guys think and how you guys took to the the teaser trailer really um because again it doesn't really reveal a lot we will more than likely get another full trailer sometime soon and i hope i really hope they don't reveal too much because there is that great feeling of mystery um especially with the matrix movies that i love to go into uh, that's what made the first one so so great when i first watched it and even though two and three were confusing as hell um it's the mystery that kind of still made it really intriguing to me right so we'll see what happens um you know and it looks like there are a lot of people who are pumped and excited for this movie we'll see um it will be released in theaters and on hbo max on the same day i kind of wish they wouldn't do that because i am curious to see how um looking forward to people and you know general movie going audiences are going to be for this type of movie i'm 100 percent positive that people like myself my generation who fell in love with the first matrix movie we're going to go out and support this movie because we are definitely curious um and it will be interesting to see how things are going to play out so um so yeah matrix resurrections um very very interested to see how that's going to play out and uh if they do find a way to capture that charm from the original matrix movie I am curious to see if this is something that they're going to keep moving forward with and maybe perhaps produce a new trilogy or now with the certain with the streaming landscape that we're in now you know why don't you do like a long form you know limited series or uh, an episodic multi-season series or, or something like that you know it'll be really interesting to see how this is going to play out you know, you have HBO Max that can hold these types of shows now there and has already premiered multiple shows. So um, you don't necessarily have to tie yourself to the movies for this. And I think if you allow yourself more time to explore deeper into the lore, into the current iteration of whatever this Matrix is, 
perhaps you know it will gather more interest and prove the storyline to be more intriguing and entertaining and uh, exciting for a lot of people so so we'll see what happens uh definitely definitely curious to see what will happen there um so guys again as always you know leave your comments and feedback you know and again thank you for watching and uh all of your support there um just before i move on to the next topic here i think what i'm going to be doing moving forward is for the talking talk pod showcast i am going to make it make it so that this will release every friday uh i'm and as for time, I'm going to try to set it for 12 noon Eastern time. If not, maybe I'll settle for a more 3 p.m. time in case something breaks during that day that I may want to include into the show. Um, but as always, if there's any certain topics that you guys want me to cover, let me know in the comments. Um, definitely uh, always welcome to hear your thoughts and your feedback and have conversations about anything that I may have brought up. You can also follow me on Twitter. I post there every day um, whenever I hear something interesting, um, breaking the wires or whatever. Um, or, you know, I, I just like to be silly from time to time. Why not? Uh, if you know me well enough, you know I love silly. Um, but yeah, check me out there. Um, one bit of news that broke uh, that is TV related and something that I'm extremely excited for is we got our first full trailer for Dexter season nine. Um, the, the, the resurrection uh, of Dexter, uh, speaking of resurrection, um, and we got to see what they're, or at least we think of what they're working on for this new season that's coming out in November. Um, I, I was a huge Dexter fan for a very long time. The last two seasons of that series really disappointed me. And I may be in the minority, but I don't think I am. Um, but I felt the last two seasons were rushed. And um, I felt like what, what transpired in the last two seasons went against everything that the series built up to be. A lot of the philosophies he followed, a lot of the things that he... Uh, and when I say he, Dexter Morgan, the character, he went against a lot of that stuff. And I was just really, really disappointed, um, my opinion, in that series. And I know some of you feel differently, and that's fine. Um, but for me personally, um, I, I was disappointed. So when I heard that they were working on another season, uh, I was, again, intrigued. I like th that is the word of the day, intrigued. Um, and I think... I am looking forward. I am uh, being very uh, cautiously optimistic as to how much I'm looking forward to this new season. Um, well, some of the things that they've showed in this trailer that got me excited is that it now looks like Deb, his sister. Again, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched this series, it's been out for so long, but Dexter does kill his sister in the last season, which again, pissed me off. But it looks like now she is his inner voice and I am you know if you watch this series and you're familiar with the series it was his dad that was always the inner voice now if Deb his sister is the inner voice I am very very curious how that's going to play out we get to see a grown-up version of Harrison his son at the end um, so I'm really really excited to see how that plays out it looks like he is still in that 
offshoot town um, that we that we caught a glimpse of at the end of the se- of the series the last time it was out um, and the new lady that he's shacked up with uh, appears to be part of the police department uh, and he may be uh, getting himself involved in certain things so really really curious to see how it plays out i'm excited uh if any of you out there or dexter fans um if you've watched this trailer how excited are you um are you intrigued at all like i am um i am very very curious to see how this plays out so now let's talk about some video game news because this year going uh wrapping up the first year of the next gen uh cycle you know, it first started last year with the release of PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, which was their next-gen consoles that, even to this day, are still very difficult to get. Um, I know a lot of people, including myself, have been lucky to secure uh, these units. Uh, I was able to secure them pretty much on launch, which rarely happens. Uh, I, th- I think the gods were shining down on me. The video game gods were shining down on me those days. Um, but I have some other friends who were able to finally secure themselves their units uh, earlier in the year. But to this day, it's still a problem. Um, people still can't uh, secure their, their systems. And honestly, and this is just me speaking from the heart, good. Because there's really not much to play. It's been very, very slow as far as next, like real true next-gen releases. You know, Xbox had medium. That was their only real true um, next-gen release. And it wasn't even really that big of a next-gen type of release. I think they were really banking on Halo, but that got pushed back multiple times. Um, Now it's going to be released at the end of the year. Um, So perhaps that's going to be something that's going to change the game for them. But it's really been PlayStation 5 that's had stuff. Uh, The first pure next-gen game that we got was on PlayStation 5, which was Returnal. I know a lot of people really enjoyed that game or were frustrated with that game. Um, But you got the sense of how the next-gen gaming was going to be in that game. You know, the way the haptic feedback worked on the controllers, the the graphics, the the fast-paced movements, um, you know, and all that stuff, the gameplay itself. We really got a glimpse of how, what the possibilities are uh, initially for next gen, you know, and then Ratchet and Clank kind of took it there too with their release and how well that game played out. But other than that, there hasn't really been anything to write home about when it comes to next gen, you know, and don't even get me started about Nintendo. Um, I don't know what they're planning or what they're doing. Um, I feel like my Nintendo Switch has been gathering dust and uh, I know they don't fall into the next-gen discussion because that's never been their thing. But, you know, we as gamers are fans of Nintendo and we want Nintendo properties coming out. Um, But a lot of their announcements have been very, very poorly received. You know, I think the only thing that I got truly excited for was Metroid finally coming out with something um, soon. But what have we gotten this year? We've gotten a Mario Golf. We've gotten uh, WarioWare. Uh, and God help me, I can't even remember if there was anything other than that, right? Um, 
So definitely nothing to write home about. Yes, Animal Crossing was a big thing, and all you Pokemon lovers have gotten a lot of good stuff last year and this year. But other than that, it's been very, very poor showing. So when Sony was going to come out with their uh, PlayStation Showcase yesterday, a lot of speculation as to what are they going to show, right? Because now we're moving into year two of the next gen cycle and i have to say they came out guns a blazing and primarily insomniac games came out swinging and they they hit us with some big stuff um but first some notable things to mention first uh outside of the big news uh we we were getting gta next gen um which is great for a lot of you out there i signed off on the whole gta bandwagon a long time ago uh, i think it's well uh, overplayed and overhyped um we're f they're finally coming out with a new gran turismo that i know a lot of people are really excited for so that looks really really fascinating it looks really cool we're getting another uncharted remake collection take it for what it is um you know i know that will please some people or for those who haven't even played anything yet in the Uncharted series, this can be good for you guys. Um, the one thing that really, really stood out that was not part of like the big reveals was Forspoken. Forspoken is this new action. It looks like an action RPG game from Square Enix. Um, but the way that they presented the footage, it felt like a movie trailer. You know, the dialogue sounds fantastic, even though it sounded like they recorded it in a hallway. Um, but the dialogue was really well done and the action and the graphics looks very interesting <clears throat> you know square enix they do good jobs at um these type of games now you know some will say you know they were kind of a miss with the marvel avengers uh outriders is like 50 50 split down the middle um i think people were hyped on it in the beginning and then it fell off um but it was still an interesting title regardless and I know a lot of people still play today. Uh, so Forspoken looks like it could be another one of those things, which it could have that potential in there. Um, so I'm very interested in that. And I have to say, I am very concerned about Deathloop. Here's why. We've been teased with Deathloop for so long. And in, if you remember, uh, or if you keep track of game releases, especially game releases that have a lot of hype in the very beginning, when we first saw Deathloop as part of the sizzle reel for PlayStation 5, I said to myself, oh damn, that game looks like that's going to be great. You know, you play a secret agent and then you have another agent that's uh, opposite you there at the same time. And her job is to take you out. Your job is to take her out. And if something happens, you have to replay the whole thing all over again. Uh, at least that's... And I'm nutshelling it right putting it all in a nutshell um it just looked fun and it looked really really interesting and it looks like it was going to offer a new gaming mechanic um that you haven't experienced before but then it's gotten it got delayed i believe once or twice and every time there's an announcement or a showcase there it's always included and just like how I felt with Cyberpunk. And we all know what happened with Cyberpunk when that finally came out. I am very, very worried about Deathloop. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm talking out of my ass. Won't be the first time. But I am concerned. 
about Deathloop. Yeah, and for all we know, maybe Deathloop will come out and it'll be a great game, but it could also come out and be a huge bomb, right? I hope not, because it looks really, really fun, uh, to be honest with you. It looks like a lot of fun and it looks very interesting. So I am a little concerned about that, curious to hear what you guys have to say about that. But let's talk about the big reveals. Um, and like I mentioned before, you know, the whole lack of titles for next gen it's it's very common whenever a new system comes out it's always been you know document well documented that the first year of all of these console releases are usually the slowest years you'll be lucky if you could get one or two titles um, that really speak to the potential of that system it's really year three four five where you get the biggest uh games that utilize those consoles full potential or at least 85 to 90 percent right so we'll take that with a grain of salt but the big stuff that was revealed in the showcase yesterday first we got our glimpse of god of war ragnarok i'm a huge fan of the god of war series i know there are a lot of you out there who are um, and the last time they did a showcase, we got teased with narration and the title. Now we got to see actual gameplay. It looks phenomenal. Uh, it really literally looks like it's picking up exactly where the last uh, God of War you know, ended and it's picking right back up there. Um, and it looks like we are going into the Norse lands and we get introduced or we encounter Thor in this game, which is great. And I know nowadays when people hear Thor, you think about Marvel comics and the Marvel Thor, but Thor is an actual Norse god. Uh, you know, it's been he's been written about, he's had uh, other movies way back in the day about, you know, about him and all that. So it's nice to see that we're gonna get this mythical god uh, Thor in this game and going looks like they'll be going toe-to-toe -to -toe with with uh, Kratos there so um, Unfortunately, you still got his annoying son with him, but whatever um, But the game looks great. So boom we get to see a glimpse of that and I'm not going in order of the reveals here I'm just going in order of you know to build up the suspense of the things of the one thing that I am extremely excited for now the thing that was revealed that I lost my shit on was when Insomniac Games announced that they're working on a new Marvel title and that Marvel title is Wolverine and I was like are you kidding me and I was like that's brilliant that is brilliant and I'll tell you why now we haven't been inundated with X-Men movies um, ever since Fox got bought out by Disney Ever since Hugh Jackman retired from the Wolverine role, and we don't have those standalone Wolverine movies anymore. Um, so I feel like enough time has passed since we've been thrown Wolverine in our faces because Wolverine has been the main name when it comes to X-Men and when it comes to mutants. You know, even in the cartoon series, it's always Wolverine and the X-Men, Wolverine and this, or X-Men. And every episode, Wolverine is prime and center, right? Um, and I'm not even—I'm not even talking about the comic books and all that because Wolverine has always been a main character in the comic books. Um, so I feel like enough time has passed. Now, the last time we got any kind of game 
with Wolverine in it. It was his... And I'm not going to include any of the Ultimate Alliance games, you know, because that's like an ensemble. But where Wolverine was like one of the main playable characters was his own X-Men Origins game. Back in the day when there were a lot more movie tie-in games. You know, when there was a big blockbuster movie coming out, more than likely, especially if it was tied to a certain uh, comic book or a big, big franchise, um, they usually had a video game to come out and coincide with the launch of that movie. Uh, this is going back to 2009 now, X-Men Origins, um, and I personally love that game a lot. And the way it played out, uh, it did kind of play out like a different version of a Spider-Man game with uh, minus the whole swinging around, you know, it still had a lot of those gameplay elements, which I found fun and entertaining and I played it a lot. And I think one of the most, the more reasons why I played it so much was because I really loved in trying to unlock all the different costumes. And I know that was like a big thing. I think you had to find the, the comic the comic book issue covers um, and the more covers you, you found um, and sets you put together, it unlocked a different costume for him. You even had a chance to practice in the danger room, which was a lot of fun. Um, and I really had a blast with that game. Now, if they're doing a modernized next-gen version of that type of game, but obviously adding their own insomniac creativity into it, I'm all in. Sign me up. I am excited. You know, and is this going to play in the same realm and universe as the Spider-Man titles? We don't know, but it's insomniac, right? So there's a pot potential, maybe, you know, we we are going to get Wolverine and X-Men in the MCU eventually. Um, don't know what's going to happen to the future of Spider-Man in the MCU, but that is another story to tell. But I'm excited. I th I th and I'm excited because of the potential in this type of game. Um, and they have a great proven track record when it comes to superhero games because mainly of the Spider-Man games. Um, I think you'll be hard pressed to find someone who disagrees that the Spider-Man games are great games and are a lot of fun because they are. There are tons of fun, plays out sometimes like a movie. Um, you know, Miles Morales has been phenomenal and I can't wait because the next big reveal is that they have revealed that Spider-Man 2 is in the works um, coming out in 2023. So we still have yet a long ways uh, before this game comes out so for all of you who still don't have a ps5 and want to play that miles morales games you still have a good year to do so um i need to go back and play it myself uh, i played it but i haven't finished it so i need to do that but um and wolverine is tbd no no release date has been announced but we did get a glimpse a teaser trailer of spider-man 2 it does look like we have miles morales and peter parker working together in this movie and then we got that big reveal at the end of the trailer that Venom is going to be in this world is going to be introduced in the next game and that is going to be a blast and I'm very very curious as to how that's going to play out however the thing that intrigued me the most again there's that word intrigue um, 
was the voiceover that's narrating throughout the trailer because I don't know if it's just me but it sounds like that might be Craven the Hunter now Craven the Hunter in my opinion is one of the best Spider-Man villains ever written yes he wears a lion freaking head vest or whatever you want to call it and he looks goofy sometimes but his motives and the way he carries out his actions and motives is fierce and violent and downright scary and if you've read the Craven the Hunter run in the Spider-Man comic books you'll know exactly what I'm talking about and if that is Craven talking there the narration and he's possibly teaming up with Venom woo yeah baby I love the sound of that that looks really exciting but we only got a cinema cinematic trailer same thing with Wolverine we only got a cinematic trailer no gameplay yet but it is exciting to know that they are working on the sequel which again is no big surprise or it shouldn't be a big surprise because that is one of their biggest franchises that they they have um, and with the the outstanding reception of the first Spider-Man game and Miles Morales no big surprise that they're working on the title on the second one um, the big surprise was really Wolverine there um, so I'm really really excited to see that um, so yeah Spider-Man 2 will be uh, is planned to release in 2023 so that's gonna be a lot of fun um, but the piece de la resistance as I like to call it for me was at the very beginning of the showcase because again I was not expecting this but it was announced that Knights of the Old Republic is getting a remake and is coming out on, on next gen now before we all get excited and all that read between the lines do your research it's going to be a PS5 exclusive at launch but it will be available for Xbox Series X later on down the line. I don't know what that exclusivity window is going to look like or how long that's going to be. But regardless of what side of the console fandom you fall on, you will have a chance to play Knights of the Old Republic. And I cannot wait. This, in my opinion, is the best Star Wars video game ever made. It plays as an action RPG. The lore in it is phenomenal. You know, you have your choice to be light or dark. Uh, the characters in it are fascinating and you really get connected to them. And the Sith villain, Revan, I believe that's the name. It's been so long, but he is a formidable opponent and I can't wait especially for those people who've never played it I can't wait for you guys to check this game out because remaking it now with next-gen graphics and maybe they're gonna add some new stuff to it new play dynamics and all that because it's been forever since that game came out um, I am super duper excited for this game and I I am a huge Star Wars fan a lot of you guys know that already uh, I mean it when I say it the best Star Wars video game ever created right behind uh, 
X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. Because <laughs> I, like, I do like my simulation, my, my space battle simulations and my starfighting simulations. So I'm excited for this. I'm super excited for this. Now, again, we only got teased with a cinematic trailer and no release date. But Lucasfilm Games and Aspire are working together on this. Um, so really, really curious to see what else they're going to be able to show us and tease us as the months and years go by. Hopefully we don't have to wait that long for this game to come out. But I am super excited for, for this. Uh, I cannot wait. Um, I really, really seriously cannot wait. Um, and it will give me a good chance to play it again because I haven't played it since it you know first came out and this is a while ago um and i remember this is xbox gen one that's how i played it this was back in 2003 yeah 2003 when it was released on xbox and i fell in love with this game i i can't tell you how much i love this game and for a while it was the only game I would ever play because that's how in-depth it can be and you know being a Star Wars fan uh, that's just the thing I love the most about it you know being able to play this Star Wars storyline um, that you couldn't play anywhere else um, and it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun I only I played it so much I still don't remember beating it that's how much I played it and still not have beaten it. So it'll be great to be able to dive back in again and play it from beginning to end because I will spend a lot of time on this game. So I really, really cannot wait. Let me know in the comments, have you played this game before? Are you excited? What from this showcase made you stoked and excited? You know, Because there's a lot of stuff I didn't talk about, like uh, Eve, uh, a lot of people were talking about that. Um, you know, honestly, the other stuff that was shown looked good. Radiohead is doing a virtual museum exhibit for PlayStation 5, which I thought was really fascinating too. Um, but yeah, if there's something else that I didn't mention or cover here that you know got you stoked and all excited, let me know. Let's talk about it. You know, just because I don't talk about it, that doesn't mean um, I'm not interested. You know, it's just these are the things that really, really stood out for me. So. So yeah, so like I said, big couple of days this week. Uh, the week ended off really, really strong. And I am super stoked with all the news that broke and all that. And it led to a pretty fun week. Um, now, I was going to talk about um, uh, What If, Marvel What If. Um, because uh, they already had um, their fifth episode. Uh, I believe they only have eight episodes this season. Uh, so we are at the midway point. Um, and I have not been disappointed with this series at all. Um, it's hard to review TV shows for me because every week I, I obviously have to be on it. And these shows what makes it unique is that each story is self-contained in every episode so it's not an, an overarching storyline right um so i could talk about it every week but a lot of people do so i kind of like to especially when it comes to series i like to kind of wait till the series ends and to give my overall thoughts on the series as a whole you know but for now 
Um, I really like what they're doing. And again, this is an easy series to watch because it's not connected. Every episode is not connected to each other. It's its own standalone storyline. And the great thing that I love about What If, um, I was a huge What If comic book series uh, fan when I was a kid. Uh, because I did love reading alternate storylines, you know, alternate realities. And I think this show is brilliant because right after the heels of Loki, when the multiverse kind of exploded and kind of were introduced to all of us, now we're getting a show of these multi, you know, universes, other alternate universes, and what the possibilities are in each of those universes, right? Um, the episode one talked about you know Peggy Carter and what if she became Captain America instead of Steve Rogers and Steve Rogers became like the iron monger or whatever you want to call him and I thought that was a very cute episode um, we heard and they announced that she's going to come back again in another series what if probably a season two of what if uh, or I think it would be awesome to create its own standalone series uh, animated um, for herself uh, Haley Atwell is a great actress and I, it, I loved hearing her voice in it uh, but it was an episode that played it safe um, it was an episode that it kind of uh, retold Captain America First Avenger but with the premise of Peggy Carter taking the helm of Captain America and it played out pretty much almost note for note right so it was a safe introduction to kind of ease people into things you know and then episode two went off into its alternate reality rail, but it was brilliantly brilliantly done. Um, and uh, look, before I continue, if you guys haven't been watching the series to date, I am going to spoil some stuff for you. But again, it's it's up to you if you want to continue. If you want to move forward to the collectible of the week, um, timestamps will be available in the description. Um, or if you're listening on audio, just fast forward and I promise I will be done with this mini uh, half season review very soon. Um, but episode two was great because we got the storyline of uh, Black Panther himself, T'Challa, and what if he joined the Ravagers instead of Peter Quill? And, he, you know, it's interesting to see how if you got a different type of person with a different upbringing and a different type of um, maturity, how it could play out so differently, but, but beginning with the same steps as the original premise, right? You have this boy who was raised in royalty, you know, and was always uh, mentored to become royalty and to be a leader, joined this ragtag group, and the way he carried himself out, he's very well respected in the universe, you know. Jaman Hansu's character, instead of saying Star Who, he was a huge fan. I've heard all about you, and it's an honor to fight you. In fact, I want to join you, you know, which is really, really great. You know, you had um, Thanos joining the Ravagers, which was hilarious because he was like a running joke. How they kept teasing him about genocide and how he thinks it's the most efficient way to fix the universe. But they keep poking fun at him because they, they said, but that's genocide, dude. And it was just a running joke that was so funny. Um, 
so yeah so I loved how they really really told that type of story um, and again you put a guy with a different upbringing and a different maturity level you put him in the same role and you get different results and I'm like yeah that is a what if that is truly a what if and it was a lot of fun you know and then you had episode 3 there where it tells the stories of what if the Avengers were never formed uh, because they all got picked off you know they all were getting killed and all that um, and the person who was doing it was poor old Hank Pym um, because of the loss of his wife he was grieving and he was blaming S.H.I.E.L.D. and because of all that he went crazy and anything that S.H.I.E.L.D. was working on he went against and this was his way of going against S.H.I.E.L.D. it was just destroying what they were trying to create because his life was made miserable because of losing his wife and his daughter you know and it was really interesting to see Loki teaming up with Nick Fury and all that so it was it was another again what if but playing through the Avengers storyline in a different way um, and it was in my opinion for the most part more comical for me personally uh, than anything then you got to episode 4 which was the saddest episode to date and it was Doctor Strange and what if he never lost his hands but he lost the love of his life and that was truly truly heartbreaking because it was like a morbid Groundhog Day where he kept reversing time trying to constantly save her life but every scenario she always ended up dying and he couldn't deal with it you know but it was uh, an absolute in time an event that has to happen in order for events to move forward in order for him to become the Sorcerer Supreme but he wasn't having it and he lost his mind he did a lot of stuff he wasn't supposed to do ultimately yes kind of bring her back but at the expense of the universe that he lived in and at the end of the day it never worked out and he destroyed the universe as a whole and this is one of the first times that you had the watcher interacting with the main character of the events happening in that episode you know and Doctor Strange was well aware of his presence too he kept calling him out was like I know you you have the power to fix this you should help me out but as the watcher's duty is always is never to interfere he just chronicles watches observes and that's it um, so that was extremely heartbreaking you know um, that was like the saddest episode and then the last episode that aired this past week was finally we got Marvel zombies on this on the screen on one screen uh, and in animated form and I thought it was pretty entertaining and pretty hilarious um, a little far you know a little bit of, a little bit of a stretch as far as storytelling is concerned because if you're zombies how come you can still utilize a lot of your superhero powers you know how do you know where to go it's like they're zombies with brains which really didn't make sense but I had a lot of fun with the episode because it played a lot of things out differently 
Um, it showed a lot of new interesting leaders of the groups there. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. It was, it was truly a fun episode and you got to see Spider-Man in there. And the one brilliant thing that I loved about the series so far is they were able to utilize a lot of the original uh, actors who portrayed the characters on the screen. So it's nice hearing their voices. I love the animation. The animation is one of the best animations uh, done by Marvel directly. Um, I was never a huge fan of their animated movies in the past. I always felt it lacked that certain quality that DC and Warner Brothers were able to establish with their animated movies, uh, the cartoon movies. But this is probably the best that they've ever produced. Um, it reminds me of like those movies, like feature films that are animated, but they're drawn from actual footage of the actors portraying them. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think of the one movie that it kind of reminds me of. I believe it's Scanner Darkly. Um, a scanner darkly it's a Keanu Keanu Reeves movie it's an animated movie but the animation was done by uh, going over actual footage so you are getting the likenesses of the real characters um, and you know all the real actors and I kind of get that same feeling from this show um, which it which is you know what one of the things I really love about it because it doesn't really take you away a lot from the live action stuff that we are familiar with especially when it comes to a lot of these characters so uh, I think it's it's really well done I'm liking it so far I think it's kind of mixed out there with some people um, I think because there isn't an overarching storyline that a lot of people feel like it's not that um, necessary to do a week-to-week -week watch I have heard a lot of people say that this is going to be a bingeable show a show that they will binge through once the series is over but it's fun. I'm liking what I'm seeing so far, and I can't wait for the rest of the episodes to drop. And more than likely, I will talk about the series as a whole later on. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about that now um, because I haven't had a chance to yet. Um, and I'm kind of behind, to be honest with you, when it comes to a lot of these um, TV shows. Um, I still have to watch the new He-Man. I am so behind on that, especially since I was really, really rooting for that when it was coming out. And season two of Kid Cosmic. I am so super excited for that to come out. Again, if you watched my previous video here um, on the channel, I was raving about season one when it first came out. And I declared it as a must-watch animated series uh, that you can see on Netflix. So I am really, really excited to see what they have in store for season two. So more details on that when it comes out. But before we end the show for this week, folks... Um, like I do every week, we will talk about the collectible of the week. Um, Sherry, a lot of you are fans of collectibles, whether they're action figures, statues, uh, plushes, um, whatever, whatever it is. Um, I am a collector, not as big as I used to be, but I still appreciate the collectibles that are coming out there when it comes to pop culture collectibles. And this week's feature will be Lego. Lots of you out there love Legos. I love Legos. And Lego has been stepping up their games when, it, when it's coming to IPs and properties that they are teaming up with. And these two things that I'm going to mention are definitely uh, part of all that. So the first thing that comes up here um, that was announced this week is they are releasing a set for the Batman Tumblr. 
the Batman Tumblr that is coming out looks phenomenal. It it's it's it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun to put together. Um, but it is a Tumblr that you see in the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Um, it's available for pre-order. It is two hundred thirty dollars, um, but it looks like a fantastic, fantastic piece with over two thousand pieces. Um, but it just looks beautiful. This thing just looks beautiful and phenomenal. It does come with minifigures of Batman and the Joker. Uh, but the detail, the specifics, even in the console of the cockpit, the wheels. I mean, this is a beautiful piece. This is really, really beautiful. I love it. And um, I don't know if this is something that I would personally be picking up myself. I do own the Batwing Lego set and the uh, the 89 uh, Batmobile, uh, the Michael Keaton Batmobile, which I'm a, I've always been a huge fan of. Um, so I do have those. Uh, I'm planning to put those together sometime soon. Um, but the other set that was also announced is part of their Mario set. Um, they have teamed up with Nintendo and they were releasing uh, Super Mario sets. Um, it started off with a replica of the original NES, which was very popular with people. I love that piece. And then they started releasing their own um, Super Mario line uh, where it's like, you know, play sets that you, he can run through. You have an interactive Mario that talks and all that. Now they're doing a play set for Super Mario 64, which comes in the form of a question mark block. But the unique thing about this block is that you could expand it from the inside and you have some of the levels from Mario 64. And it just looks beautiful. It is uh, very unique in its presentation. Um, and I think people who have those nostalgia feels to Mario 64 would really get a kick out of this. Um, and like I said, it is a beautiful piece to have. And I think it will act as a, as a nice little corner piece to have or like put this on your coffee table or an end table or a bookshelf. Uh, and it will be a great uh, conversation piece because people are going to look at it and they're going to say like, oh, look, it's a question mark block like in Mario Brothers. But and you, you could turn around and say, oh, hold on, wait, there's more. And then reveal the the landscapes as you pop things out and all that. And I think it's brilliant. Uh, this too also has over 2000 pieces. Uh, it will be available in October for $170. Um, and like I've mentioned before in the past, a lot of the collectibles that I mentioned are not cheap. Again, these are probably considered a little bit more on the high end side, but you know, um, some of you may have the means. Uh, I'm not saying that all of you should buy this stuff, obviously, um, but you got to admire at least the beauty and the brilliance of a lot of these pieces that I bring up. So let me know what you guys think about all of that. And that is the show for the week. Again, I cannot express how grateful I am for all the support that you guys have been giving me. Um, you know, I, I'm enjoying doing these podcasts again uh, after my hiatus. Um, but again, thank you. Uh, looking forward to talking to you guys again next week. Uh, I am working on additional shows to uh, release every week um, to talk about different topics. Uh, one in particular will be video games. Um, so at least a video game show that I can talk about um, coming from my own point of view. And 
uh, a show that will allow you to get a little more in depth and inside of myself as a person, my experiences in life, and just my take on things happening um, not only in pop culture but the world in general. And we, it's more, it's more of an intimate chat that I will have with you guys and will allow you guys to get to know more a little bit more about myself so uh, stay tuned to the channel for that again like subscribe spread the word share this with people who you think might enjoy this type of program audio listeners I appreciate all of you guys I want to also give a shout out to a lot of the people who watch the show online or listen on podcasts and I never hear from you know, I never hear a comment or anything like that but I do get a lot of you viewers and listeners out there and I want to thank you I want to thank you for tuning in uh, you know whenever a new piece of content drops uh, maybe you hit the like button on YouTube maybe you've already subscribed maybe you've downloaded and rated uh, on the podcast and if you have so my deepest thanks goes out to all of you guys you don't always have to say anything but your support is seen and is felt so I really really appreciate it so guys and gals, until next time, stay cool, stay classy, stay safe, and I'll catch all of you next time. Bye.